0: It is Cash Color It's a high level of conversation on live, well, not on Live livehiphopdaily.tv. I'm so used to saying that on Tuesday nights. We're actually at um, Urban Growth Media Studios, which is my house. And I'm, I'm live today with a super special guest, social media strategist and publicist for Trailblaze. Um, you'll probably know her from social media yourself if you do follow cannabis c- cannabis influencers and people like just like that. But um, I have the amazing Alice Moon on us with us today. Alice, how are you doing today?
1: Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me.
0: No problem. No problem, man. Well, Alex, again, we were just joking off air about um, we've been waiting for this interview for a while. We finally got you on, and I'm so glad to finally have you. Um, For those who don't know or who aren't familiar with you just yet for some reason, um, please introduce yourself. Just tell us all overall some of the things that you do.
1: Hi, everybody. So I'm Alice Moon. I've worked in the cannabis industry for 10 years doing a variety of things. Started out as a butt tender, then had my own tech company. And now I focus on social media and PR at a leading psychedelic and cannabis agency called Trailblaze.
0: Yeah, man. So uh, for you so you started off as a butt tender. Like, what a, what a crazy way to start off in the industry. Uh, how did you find yourself as a butt tender?
1: Well, I was working at a restaurant and um, the hostess of the restaurant was like, Hey, so I'm trimming weed. Do you want to come with me? And I was like, that sounds pretty cool. And so I went with her to trim and um, the guy who we were trimming for owns a dispensary. And I was like, Hey, I would love to work at your shop. He was like, "Oh, we're full right now." And then he got a call saying that the bartender was caught stealing on camera. And oh, so he looked sorry. at me and was like, "You got a job." So the universe gave me that. That it was very serendipitous the way it worked out that way. And I was blessed to be able to enter the industry at a time when it was still very um, new.
0: Yeah, it was very, very new. You know, and one of my most memorable Alice Moon moments was um, New Year's Eve and turning on CNN and seeing you partying in away with CNN reporters like you really came a long way in a very short amount of time. Uh, what's it like just having this journey through the cannabis space, you know, starting off as a bud tender, and then finding yourself on the PR side and just immersed uh, immersed um, immensely in the space?
1: It's been a really crazy, wonderful journey. Um, Yeah, being on CNN was like one of my top moments of like, whoa, this is crazy. I'm getting high on CNN right now. Um, (laughs) And that was another serendipitous moment where I was supposed to be in Long Beach that weekend. um, And the city of Long Beach canceled our New Year's Eve party. They said no cannabis party happening here. And so one of my friends in Denver was like, hey, I think CNN's going to film tonight. Do you want to come? And so like two days prior, I booked the flight out there. So the way I have these moments where i get to be on television or have these really amazing interviews and stuff it's all been very serendipitous and i feel like the universe has been guiding my path with it and it's been very beautiful and you know i got into pr accidentally i just when i had my tech company um i started getting a lot of press coverage for it and i realized wow i'm actually good at doing this and i can do this so let me pivot that way and go that direction so i really enjoy getting brand coverage and it feels very rewarding
0: yeah, and you know, and you're on a side of the cannabis space that I guess most people don't really speak about that's actually needed, which is PR and marketing. Um, what is it like working on that side? And what have you learned about the industry as far as working on the PR side that most brands, I guess, wouldn't know about, um, wouldn't know about PR, wouldn't know about marketing?
1: Well, one thing I've realized is that all aspects of the cannabis industry is chaotic. Um, (laughs) I thought, you know, maybe with PR, things would be a little bit more smooth. Um, But no, things are just as crazy as every other aspect of the industry. We still have to deal with regulations, the verbiage we use, um, timing of things, and, um, you know, crisis communications. There's a lot that still goes into it. So um, I really expected things to be a little bit more easy going into PR, but I, it's a lot harder than I expected. Um, but I love every second of it. Um, I think one thing that you know a lot of brands don't realize about PR is that press doesn't happen overnight. It's yeah. not just like an overnight success. You can do an interview and it can take like three to four months before that goes live. And so I think that's something that brands should definitely be aware of when um, they are like seeking out a PR firm is that everything doesn't happen immediately. Sometimes you get really lucky and get some press hits like you know within a week but usually it takes a few months before a story comes out and media is not guaranteed either. That's something that I think is very important to know is that just because you do an interview with someone doesn't mean that it's going to go live. Um, I was interviewed by Rolling Stone and then the interview um, the writer got a brain injury and so the story um, had to get put on pause. Then they did another interview last year but then COVID hit and so they put the story on pause and we did a photo shoot and everything like they had sent out a photographer to my home and I was like so amped on it. I'm going to be in Rolling Stone and then it was like nope and so I'm glad I never publicly was told people that I was going to be in Rolling Stone because that would have been a major letdown Um, and that's just something for brands to be aware of is media is never guaranteed.
0: Yeah well you've gone from helping brands um, get media coverage to getting media coverage yourself Um, You literally made news when you came out and openly discussed your issues with CHS um, that came from your actual cannabis use. Um, And I know initially when you came out, it was met with blowback initially. Um, Speak to us first about discovering that you had CHS. Like, when did you realize that you were getting sick from cannabis and what made you want to come out and openly speak about the issue?
1: Yeah, so for those who don't know, CHS stands for cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome and it is a condition believed to be caused by overconsumption of cannabis and it causes nausea, vomiting and severe abdominal pain. Um, back in 2016 is when I started getting sick and I wasn't diagnosed until 2018. So I spent about two years um, throwing up off and on like every few weeks. And um, then it started becoming like every day. Um, and I was just extremely sick, very, very underweight. And when I did get diagnosed, I wasn't in full belief that it could be that. Um, and so I said, okay, fine. I'll listen to my doctor and take a three month cannabis break. But first I'm going to my last supper is what I called it. I went to a five course infused dinner in the Malibu Hills at this gorgeous house. Um, and that night triggered me it really severely. I threw up all day, every day for 14 days straight. Um, so that It became very apparent when I talked to everyone else who went to the dinner and no one else was sick. It was like, okay, this doctor is right. Like it is cannabis making me sick. My body cannot handle it. I can't have it. Um, And then I took a three month break. I reintroduced cannabis to my life, um, pesticide free and very lightly. And then I got sick again, this time for four days. So I took a break and then I introduced CBD into my life. And that went well for a few months until it didn't. And that caused a 16 day episode. And I got ulcer, hernia and a bacteria infection as well. So that was a very scary experience. I was down to like 106 pounds and I'm at like 160 now. So that kind of just shows like how severely underweight I was. Um, I almost died. It was extremely scary. And so when I started to speak up about my experience with it, I received a lot of hate from the cannabis community. They were like, how dare you speak on this plant? Someone from Big Pharma is paying you. Um, You know, I received just a lot of, a lot of hate and negativity about my lived experience. And it was really unfortunate.
0: Yeah. And I'm sorry to hear about that, you know, because normally people are, people are met with hate when they speak out about something that is fairly new to folks and people don't fully understand. Um, And you've been able to deal with it fairly well, especially on social media. Like I would have anxiety just opening my my Twitter account if I felt like people were coming at me that hard. Um, How do you deal with it, especially on the social media aspect side of it?
1: Well, in the beginning, it was very hard for me to deal with it. And I got, you know, I was in tears a lot. I was very, very upset. But my best friend helped me craft responses to the questions that I normally get. And that way I was responding with facts instead of an emotional response. And so now when people come at me, I just say, here's the facts. Here's a website. I made a full website all about it with links to 20 plus research papers. So there's no denying that it's real. You can go and read the evidence if you want to. So now I just try to keep it to the facts and respond that way. And um, sometimes I do get heated um, in arguments with people because I'm like, how dare you say this isn't real? But I try to just keep it to the facts these days. And there, I have one person on Twitter who I call her my biggest fan now cause she is like my biggest hater. Um, but I think, you know, people that hate that hard they are actually a fan. And so I just engage with her as if she's a fan and now she acknowledges it too. She's like, yeah, signed your fan. Um, and so I try to just like spin things a little bit uh, make it a little bit easier to digest.
0: Yeah. You know, I would have thought that you coming out openly, especially for the position that you were in, would have actually drove more research towards cannabis. I thought it would have been a positive thing, but it really turns out to be, like I said, uh, one of those things where people really want to fight back against. But um, do you feel like you coming out and others people speaking up with you would lead to more research about cannabis, which should help, be able to eventually help people who do suffer from, your, from your, what you suffer from?
1: I hope it leads to more research, you know, in the very least me speaking out is helping people. Um, I receive messages at least once a week, usually every few days from somebody who says, thank you so much for doing that interview with XYZ. Like that helped me so much. You know, they're hearing about me on YouTube or in the paper um, online, you know, even this podcast with you is going to help someone. Um, it's like uh, people come to me and they're just like, thank you so much. You saved my life. And so if this doesn't lead to research, at least I'm helping people, But Research is the ultimate goal, and I conducted my own survey of 330 people who have CHS to see if there was some commonality between all of us. And really, the only commonality was that we use cannabis the amount we used, our age, the duration we used it all varied across the board. You know, some people preferred pipes, some did bongs, some did dabs, some did edibles. Um, it was all across the board, but the majority of people were using for over eight years before they developed this. So that was one um, interesting thing, but there were some people who use for less than a year that developed it. So um, yeah, I hope that more research gets done. And a new paper did just come out this week um, about genomic testing. Um, So they think that there's a genetic mutation uh, with some people who have CHS, but um, that study, there's some red flags to it. They only had 28 participants and that was because People were hesitant to send in their DNA to a company that wasn't providing a lot of information. And then people were also worried that this company was doing this just for monetary reasons. And um, that's proving to be true because they have gotten a patent on testing for CHS. So now this company is going to be the only company out there that's allowed to test for CHS, which I'm totally against. I don't think that anyone should have a monopoly on being able to test for this syndrome, but um, that's the situation of where it's at now.
0: So um, since being diagnosed with CHS, how has that affected your relationship with the plant overall? Like, I know you can't use and and you don't consume anymore, but has it stopped you from being a, a proponent or a supporter of the plant?
1: So I'm still 100% pro-cannabis, pro-safe access, pro-legalization. I just want people to know about the potential side effects. You know, working at the dispensary, I saw how many people that cannabis helped. You know, there's people who are old with cancer. There's young people, um, just people of all races and genders. And so... I just see that it's so helpful for so many people in so many different ways that I want everyone to be able to have access to this medicine. I just want them to know that this medicine does come with a potential side effect that is rare, but can occur.
0: All right. Um, And I know your new thing is psychedelics. And and I'm just now getting into the space of psychedelics. I know plenty of people who do uh, consume mushrooms and things of the nature. I have never, though. Speak to us about your newfound love of psychedelics.
1: So um, when... COVID became a thing last year. That's when I really started to dive into using uh, mushrooms, psilocybin. I started off with low doses. And then as time progressed, I started to up my dose to doing what is considered like a hero dose. And that's when you're full on like tripping and having like a psychedelic experience. And I really just find it uh, to bring me joy. Since I can't use cannabis anymore and I don't really drink alcohol, I just kind of wanted a vice. And mushrooms are kind of my vice for me. Um, They have just enlightened my life and they feel really good. Um, They just... Yeah. I've had some negative experiences with them though. Like um, that's totally possible. It's not all roses and butterflies every time. Um, Sometimes, you know, I'm sitting there crying my eyes out, but that's because it's like something that I needed to face within me that um, is coming out. And um, at Trailblaze, we do have one psychedelic client called Silo Wellness, yes. and they're releasing a psilocybin nose spray in Jamaica. So you'll be able to just like squirt it up your nose and get the proper dosage for you um, to be able to do either a micro dose or a hero dose, um, whatever your preferred com- consumption is. Um, they're also coming out with a few other psychedelic products that's in the works for the next like six months to a year that'll be rolling out in Jamaica. So very exciting um for now they have a line of functional mushrooms um like lion's mane turkey tail reishi um it's mushroom tinctures that you can just put in your beverages or your smoothie and it um is wellness so it can help like give you energy or help with digestion and things like that so they're all about wellness at silo wellness um and um yeah they're just in the mushroom game and it's very exciting to be working on their social media and their pr
0: that's awesome. You know, what, what advice would you give to somebody like myself who has clearly been um, hesitant to use mushrooms? Whenever I think of having a psychedelic experience, I think of um, Jim Morrison in The Doors. And I think of seeing the movie, and <laughs> I think of seeing The Doors and feeling like this extreme trippy moment. Uh, what would you say to somebody like myself who has been um, apprehensive about um, taking psychedelics? Um, and what would you say to somebody like me?
1: Well, I think knowing your why is important. Um, Discovering like why you want to take it. Do you want to take it because you want to feel a little bit of an enhancement? Then I would say do a microdose like 0.25 or 0.5, a very, very small amount. And that will just enhance your life. Um, If you take that like three days a week, you should notice a difference Um, for somebody who wants to like have a full on psychedelic trip, I say, be very careful about your set setting. um, So that's your mindset and the setting that you're in. You want to be in a safe place. You want to be with somebody that you feel comfortable with. Um, Sometimes it's good to be with somebody who is not taking psychedelics. So that way, if you do get caught up in your mind, they can take you back to a happy place. Um, So I think it's just important to know why you're taking it. And if you have anything that might come up like internally that you're struggling with, just know that you might be bracing, embracing that. Um, so um, yeah, psychedelics aren't for everyone. So proceed with caution, you know, and um, I don't want to like push them on anyone and say like, this is the next best thing. Um, Cause it's great. Psychedelics are really amazing, but um, they can have some negative points to them. So you just need to be careful when you take them.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, in the we're watching a cannabis industry literally grow in front of our eyes. So we're, we're seeing a lot of people, um, you know, expand businesses. We're watching um, legalization happen across the country, but we're still struggling with making sure that everybody is participating. You know, social equity is still a major conversation right now, no matter where you turn. Um, what advice would you give to a brand that you're working with that they were struggling with diversity and struggling with putting people of color in places of, of, of importance in their business? How would you speak to them about um, ensuring that diversity is something that they do take make as a priority one in their business?
1: Well, I think um, diversity should be something that's thought about in the beginning, the the beginning stages of a company. It shouldn't be an afterthought. It shouldn't be coming into play just to do a PR play. Um, I think it's just very important to think back about giving back and having diversity in the beginning stages of a company. Um, So I would say to any company that is not in that level of having diversity that they need to get their ass together. Um, You know, you got to do it. And we need to have a fair playing field. People of color have been the most harmed by the war on drugs, and Black people are arrested four times as much as white people, and they smoke the same amount of weed. And so, social justice is very important. Giving back is super important, and um, you know, my former client, Good Kind, I'm very proud to have worked with them for the last year because they give back. Um, you know, they give to the Navajo Nation, help get clean water to the Navajo Nation, and that was their founding part of their company is that they are going to give back to an organization every year. Um, and they have stuck to that, and they're doing that, even though they're a small company that barely makes any money. They're still making sure that some of that money goes to an organization. And I think every cannabis company should look at what Good Kind is doing, and you know, follow in their footsteps and give back and try to help repair the harm done from the war on drugs and work with organizations like 40 Tons or Last Prisoner Project. Um, write a letter to people that are in jail. You know that have everyone in your company can write a letter to someone in jail and that will really impact somebody's life, you know? So there's small little initiatives that can be done that I want to see more of in this industry.
0: Yes. You know, your new, your new position with trailblaze is definitely something that has, has you, you know, now working with uh, um, working with, with, with various brands that are not necessarily cannabis. Um, what, what's it like working with trailblaze and being able to expand yourself out to now working with psychedelic companies and, and being able to work on that side?
1: Um, it's really exciting. So this is my first time being a part of like a huge PR team. Um, my boss is the former head of communications for Budweiser, so she is a badass. Um, she comes from that world. She ran it, she did it, and she's been in cannabis for over three years now, um, and she crushes it. And so I feel very inspired every day. Um, the one struggle I have is my day starts at like six thirty or seven in the morning because the agency is East Coast based, and I'm not a morning person. But I wake up with gratitude every day. I wake up and I'm just like I'm thankful that this is the job that I have. Um, my coworkers are all amazing you know last night we had an opportunity for one of our clients to be in Hollywood Reporter and the call came in at 10 o'clock at night and my coworker was on the east coast and he called me and we got in touch with the CEO of the company and made it happen and so I just feel grateful that my coworkers work as hard as I do and they're collaborative. Um, And one of our clients is Martha Stewart and um, she with our CBD line. And I just think that's so damn cool. Like I just got her in a magazine and like, whoa, from, you know, having my own little baby agency to being able to get Martha Stewart in a magazine is like a huge progression in my career. And I feel very blessed to be in the position I'm in.
0: Man, from bud tender to now, man, uh, what would you say to yourself 10 years ago that what would you say to young Alice 10 years ago uh, about some of the growth that you have now seen and experienced like what what advice would you give to a younger you?
1: Keep up the hustle it's going to pay off.
0: That's what's up, man, You de- and it definitely did pay off. You're now, uh, you're now standing in a position where, you know, your voice, it really means something. And that's very, very, very important. Um, Where do you see yourself in 10 years from now? Like, what, do you see yourself still doing PR for companies like this? Do you see yourself stretching out and starting your own agency again? Um, Where do you feel you, you got, we're gonna see you, so?
1: Um, gosh, it's so hard to say, because like sometimes I don't even know what I'm doing the next day. So to go out <laughs> to 10 years is hard. Um. I know that I really enjoy being a part of a team. When I had my own agency, you know, I only had like one person working for me. And so it didn't feel as collaborative as it does now. So in 10 years, I hope that I'm still working with a strong team, whether it's a team that I lead or a team that I'm a part of. And I probably will still be doing PR and social media in some form unless I find some new passion in the meantime. But I definitely see myself still being in cannabis because I'm so passionate about the plant. So that's going to stay for sure.
0: Awesome. Well, Alice, do, I do thank you for your time today. Really, I want to tell you that I thank you for your bravery. To watch you on social media, um, again, speak about your illness and speak about it with confidence really does inspire a lot of people, and I, whether or not they have mentioned it to you or not. So I would love to say that before we end this interview, that I'm very um impressed by your growth and very impressed by seeing how um, strong you've been through all this.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate that.
0: No problem. And thank you again for your time. I really appreciate this interview. I can't wait to hopefully I get a chance to see you in Vegas and we can uh, can sit down and talk again.
1: That would be great. Yeah. Instead of me running around. Yeah. (laughs) Like crazy. Hopefully this time around, I'll actually have time to communicate with people. That'd be great.
0: Yes. Awesome, man. Well, thank you again for your time, Alice. And that is Cash Color Camp. It's a high level of conversation. I appreciate you again.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you.